Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with a new guest who I haven't hosted with before, Caitlin Arrington from the We Insure Group. How are you, Caitlin? I'm great. How are you? Thank I'm you for having me. Awesome. I'm uh, I'm hosting for Andrew today. Mike's also out. Mike's traveling somewhere. Andrew was traveling somewhere. So I definitely appreciate you filling in and keeping us up to date on all the uh, awesome uh, different kind of insurance news that's out there. And I think it's especially poignant this week, uh, especially with what's going on, you know, in the Gulf Coast with the hurricane. So I think that um, anytime we're in hurricane season and anytime we can talk about insurance and all the the changes and all of the um, the issues that people locally especially have with insurance, I think it's always a good thing to keep people up to date with that. And we were talking a little bit before the show and you were telling me about some changes in the flood insurance that was coming our way. And you'll have to, I, I'm very, um, I'm not very smart when it comes to insurance. I mean, I'm smart like a little bit when it comes to insurance, but not very smart. So if you could give me a rundown on flood insurance now, how it's going to change, and especially for people out there that are probably sitting in the same boat as I am with insurance. Yes, insurance is a challenge for sure. Um, So basically what is going to happen starting October 1st, flood insurance will be changing its structure and how they evaluate flood zones. Okay, so so how is it done now? And then what's it changing to? Because I'm even with, I'll tell you with flood zones, it is a little confusing because I'll tell you on the MLS, you know, it will say one thing, you know, sometimes that's not right. We have to check with you guys. I've sold property. Sometimes the house isn't in a flood zone, but part of the land is. So it gets a little confusing. So how's it done now? And then how's it changing? So right now it's structured to be a certain area being in a flood zone and What they're trying to do is change it to be more specific to the actual dwelling and structure and parcel of the property land. That way you can truly have a more precise premium and you're not paying for someone else's flood insurance. It's going to go straight to the actual dwelling risk itself instead of being a larger area. Because I do that think, makes sense. No, totally. And I think especially in an area like um, South Tampa or maybe right along the coast, it's, you know, it's one of those issues where it floods, but yet it doesn't flood, you know, catastrophically all the time. So it's it's one of those things where we don't necessarily 100% know where it's going to flood. They they apparently think they do, which is great, but hopefully they're going to be more accurate. So one property who's probably maybe not going to flood is now maybe not having to pay for all the places that definitely would flood. Is that what, is that how they're kind of changing it? Yeah, I actually have an example. Um, There's the current rating um, method that they have. Policy holders on average see premium rate increases of $8 per month. Under the new pricing system, 96% of current policy holders will either see an immediate decrease or $20 less a month. Oh, really? So mm-hmm. there now, usually when changes come about, I'll tell you, usually when changes come about, I assume they're going to be changes for meaning more expensive for the consumer. But you're thinking that or their statistics is showing that it's going to decrease for you, most people. Yes. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to evaluate how many policies say are in a 
AE flood zone, which is a high risk, how many of those actually have seen flood damage and assess it on that? So it's going to be more on that dwelling itself. So you, if you have a property and you've lived there for 40 years, it's your, your original home and you've been there and you've never had flood damage, you've never had any flooding issues whatsoever. Never made a claim. Never made a claim you're golden okay. because I feel like they're going to make it more specific towards that. Well, and as an agent and as somebody who's been an agent for, I think, 12 years now, going out to properties, I do hear that a lot. And I've heard that a lot in the past where, yes, you know, they are saying that I'm in flood zone A or they're saying that I'm in AE, which means, you know, it's like A, it's similar. But um, but I've been here for 30 years and I'm going to tell you it's never flooded or you know, I, even in the last major hurricane we have, it only, you know, came up by two feet and I didn't even come anywhere close. So we hear that all the time. So you think they're probably going to take that more into account, I'm assuming. Yes. From what I've been told, that's the, that's the way they're turning. Okay. So do you think, uh, over time, cause we were worried about a while, a while ago, a couple of years ago when all the flood insurance, you know, subsidies, they just let expire. Um, and flood insurance went through the roof and it really messed up the market for several months while, you know, those in Washington kind of played games back and forth. I don't think it was anybody's issue. I think it was just government playing, uh, you know, bad guy, good guy. Um, but do you think that, uh, and I don't know, maybe you don't know this answer, but have subsidies been slowly going away or have they kind of stayed the same or are they, are they still subsidizing flood insurance or has it been slowly getting more expensive? I'm probably going to stump you by asking that. <laughs> That's a, a tough question for me. But what I can say for for you as an agent and trying to help your buyers or sellers when it comes to flood insurance, right now, an elevation certificate is key. Of course. Oh, yeah. But great news. With this new risk rating, elevation certificates aren't really going to matter. No, get out of here. Yeah, so I, I met with a former representative of Wright Flood Insurance, and that's what he was telling me just last week. Well, that and that is, of course, the first thing that we say. You know, so I've I've been in it for a while now, so I've kind of seen both sides. They used to be able to just take what the last person paid, and they'll stick to it. And then when there was all those subsidy issues, it went to – well, every property from here forward is going to need an elevation certificate, and we're going to base it on that. And if they don't have the elevation certificate, it's going to be automatically the most expensive. That's the way it has been. Correct. So, so you're saying it's kind of going to go back to the other way. Not not necessarily per se exactly, but similar to it used to be where you don't have to have it's that It's not going to be a requirement. Okay. But if you do have an elevation certificate and it helps your premium go down, use it. Okay. But if you don't have one and you're already seeing a good rate returning to you, you don't even have to worry about paying that extra money to have that elevation survey done. Well, and I think that in our area, and you see, I mean, we can go through so many different things. Flood insurance isn't always required, but I think it's always a great thing to have. You know, if you're not required to have it, it's usually not very expensive. Um, but I think that it's super important because flood issues are a huge, um, I hate to keep using the word issue, but flood issues are the biggest issue in our area when it comes to natural disasters. You see, you know, floods from hurricanes, you see floods from heavy rains. I mean, 
you take Houston a couple years ago for an example when they had that hurricane that just sat over them and it was really just a tropical storm at that point it dumped feet of rain on these places that had never had flood issues and all those people that didn't have flood insurance were not covered and you take what happened in Tennessee just this week and um you know you look at that and you, you know not only was there a lot of loss of human life and I'm sure some of those people did have flood insurance because they were on you know this this river but I'm sure that a lot of those places that got destroyed, just destroyed, they did not have flood insurance, even though they probably weren't even required to have it. And I know for a fact that was the case in Houston. I'm assuming it was probably the fact for some places in Tennessee too. But that's why it's so important to talk to an insurance person because you should really have flood insurance even if you're not in a flood zone. Yes. So for myself, I live in Land Lakes, So you don't really think about flood insurance up there, um, especially where I live. But the average premium for flood insurance is $300 a year. And to wow. me, that's totally worth it because you never know what could happen. You could have your, storm, your storm drain get clogged during a hurricane, which causes the water to rise and causes flooding. And you don't really think about it until, unfortunately, it happens. And I think it's definitely pro to have flood insurance in an X zone. And there was actually a study done that said there's a it was a high percentage of flood claims were in an X flood zone. Wow, I did not know that. Um, I'm guilty on not having flood insurance. Isn't that awful? Well, I'll I mean, quote I was you just a sitting here today. thinking about it that I don't think I have flood insurance. Um, but we've had this discussion now. I feel like I definitely need flood insurance. But um, but that's why I think that it's super important to talk to somebody who really knows insurance, especially in our area, because flood zones are very important when you're looking at pricing a property, when you're looking at what the value is of the property, and when you look at monthly affordability as a buyer. Because sometimes the flood insurance can change the monthly cost of the property for good and for bad. You might think a place is going to have very expensive flood insurance, and it might not. Or you might think a place is not going to be very expensive, and it is. So I definitely think that... Um, when you're looking at a property, it's always best to get quotes for insurance during the process. Don't wait till the very end. <laughs> get that insurance quoted. Talk to somebody like Caitlin at We Insure. We love We Insure. They're right in our building. So get in touch with her. Get in touch with us. We can let you know how to get in touch with her. But if they want to call you directly, how do they get in touch with the office downstairs? Our office phone number is 813-579-1605. That's awesome. And you can give us a call at our office. It's 813-359-8990. Or you can email us at theduncanduo.com. You can go right on our website and email us from there. We'd love to get you over to Caitlin. She can quote you the best the best quotes. And they saved me a ton of money on my regular insurance, which was awesome. I went from, no joke, paying about 3200 a year for my homeowner's insurance all the way down to, I think, like 1700 So definitely call them if you have insurance questions. She would love to help you uh, or give us a call and we'll point you in the right direction. And we'll be right back after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Caitlin Arrington from We Insure. Love having Caitlin here with us this week, knowing all her insurance knowledge and, and really helping us out with that. But wanted to switch over to rates right now. Um, some rate news came out this week. Mike's not here. I love having him talk about rates because... That's his wheelhouse. But 
Um, if you were looking to purchase a home or refinance a home over the past couple weeks and really over the past month or two, rates have slowly been going up. And they were they were at one point at about, I could be speaking wrong, but I think they were about to about 2.75 on average. And over the past couple of months, maybe over the past couple of weeks, they kind of went up pretty quickly to above 3%. And it really um, put the brakes on people as far as purchasing, but especially on refinances, because people really want to refinance for the lower rate. So, um, but for the first time in several weeks over the past week, it was really great. Um, mortgage rate, mortgage rates actually went down. They went down a good bit on average. Um, the 30 year decreased to 3.03% on average. Um, and you know, when they look at that data, a lot of times they're looking at data that's a week old. I have heard that they've kept ticking down. So hopefully next week they're even lower than that. I think that if you're looking to refinance a home or to purchase a home and you've been kind of sitting on the fence, a lot of times when rates go down, it does the opposite. We think, oh, it's going to push all these people off the fence because they're going to jump in. And they did see demand go up a little bit this week. But um, what we usually see happen when rates start to go down is we get a, a lot of fence sitters because they kind of sit there and they think, oh, they're going to go a little bit lower if I just wait a little bit longer. And that first tick up, we see a lot of people jump off the fence. So I would tell you, though, in my experience, we've been going through the past several years, um, especially over the past year with rates being super low. Um, I, I don't know. My professional opinion would be I don't think they're going to get much lower than this. I don't know that they're going to jump up a lot higher than this in the short term. But I think as far as being low they're kind of bouncing up and down from the bottom. And I think if you time it right, you can get it right at the bottom. Um, we're a little above that now. I don't know that we're going to hit that very bottom again, especially because they're talking about raising rates later this year and uh, taking off some of the easing that they've been doing. But I think if you're in the market to refi or to purchase, um, I would love to send you over to Mike to help you out with that. If you're looking to buy, what we've actually seen is an increase in inventory over the past couple of weeks. Have you seen that, Caitlin? You're nodding your head. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm addicted to looking at new houses hitting the market. So are you looking to move? <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. One day, Robert. You'll be my real, agent, I promise. Yes, I know a really good agent that could help you. But a lot of people are really in that boat. They've been watching the market. They own a home. They want to sell, or maybe in the back of their mind they want to sell if they find something. And we talk with people all the time. They're out there. They're looking. Um, they want to sell. They want to talk to us about what we think their home is worth. But then they say they only want to sell if they can find something or there's just nothing out there for us to buy. I think a lot of people are in that situation. And it actually exacerbates the problem a little bit because we can't get inventory on the market because nobody wants to sell their property. So um, we have a lot of people like Caitlin who are out there looking and they might sell if they found their perfect house or a house that they really wanted. Um, I, I love that you're watching the market because I think that if you did find something right, you probably would buy something. Yes. And what I think is for my situation, because I already am in a real estate office and I get to hear everything on the regular, I would recommend to someone who's looking to purchase and possibly sell once they find something you, you're not going to be able to find it on your own. You need that real estate expert to be helping you look to find your forever home. And 
you won't you'll be a step behind everybody else because your agent is going to help you try to secure and lock in that home instead of seeing it on the market. <laughs> and I like myself, I look and it's been on there a few days. Well, with the way the market is right now, a few days is very valuable. You're right. Well, what's also interesting about that statement is that even though there's all these platforms like Realtor.com, Zillow, you know, lots of other groups that are out there posting homes, or maybe they have services that will help you buy and this, that, and the other, you know, we'll refund you and da 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 da. More people now are actually using a real estate agent than ever before. And we've actually seen our buyer agent business, especially during the pandemic, just explode. Now, we thought really what we would see is a downturn in maybe people using, especially buyer's agents, because they can search for their properties a lot of times on their own. But the market's been so competitive that we've actually seen more people turn to agents because they've tried it on their own and they've missed out on so many properties. And it's, it's funny because when the market is normal or when the market is not that great, that's the same reason that sellers have been reaching out to agents too because they're having a hard time selling their own home or the process is so confusing. So consumers have all this information now, but yet they're using an agent to navigate them through the process and to help them secure their property. Now, what we have at our disposal that a lot of other agents don't have is we actually have a huge inventory of properties that are really just kind of sitting there. Um, maybe we're waiting for the sellers to paint the property or get a couple things done, or maybe the sellers are still packing and we're, we're really waiting for those things to be ready to be put on the market. So a lot of times when you're working with us, we know some of these properties that are going to hit the market and hopefully you'd be able to find that property before it hit the market and you're competing with so many other people if the seller is willing to kind of not go through that process either. And sometimes it works out great and sometimes it doesn't, but it's at least something that we have that a lot of other agents do not have because of the extensive marketing that we do. And so when you're out there and you're looking um, to possibly sell and buy something, reach out to us because we'd love to help you. And we might have the home that you're looking for in our inventory waiting to go on the market. And again, you can give us a call at our office, 813-359-8990. You can go on our website, duncanduo.com, or you can go to any of our social channels, Duncan Duo Team on Facebook, on Instagram, I think we even have a TikTok. I always say like, I think we have this, I think we have that. But you can reach out to us anywhere. We will get in touch with you and we will be able to help you. So reach out to us and we'd love to find you a great home. And we'll be right back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for sticking with us through that break. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Caitlin Arrington from We Insure. And talking about all these fun things with real estate and insurance, um, how the market's changing, how everything's changing. Caitlin, again, during the break said, oh my gosh, I want to talk about roofs because, is it roofs or roofs? I don't know. Roof. Okay, okay. Well, well that's a debate <laughs> for another day. But um, she wanted to talk about the changes with roofs on people's homes because, okay, in Florida, so I was saying earlier how my insurance went down by a ton. And a lot of that was re we insure and Caitlin and Angela found an awesome rate for us, for me and my wife. And we were um, able to save a lot of money. But also a lot of that savings was because we did put on a new roof on the property. It went through um, all the wind mitigation stuff. It got all the, the nails and the, the 
the clips, clips and the, right, whatever the terms are, it got it all. So it was brand new and it really saved us a lot of money. But there's, I feel like in Florida, there's always changes with a roof, what's required, what an insurance company wants, what a lender wants, like all these people are involved with the roofs because that's the biggest fail point in a, in a hurricane, I'm assuming. Yes, the the most claims insurance companies are seeing water damage, kind of flood related, right. um, but also roofs. There are so many homeowners who have an issue with their roof, and the biggest factor I see are shingle roofs. And underwriters for insurance companies just this year have changed the guidelines of how old they want to how long they want to insure your house because of the roof's age. Which is, ugh, I, I, I hate, hate to this. be the bearer we... of bad news, but unfor- it is what it is. And I get, <laughs> I get the consumer side and I also get the insurance company side. Roofs are very expensive to replace. Very expensive. I, you would, we would all be shocked if I told you how much my shingle roof costs. I mean, it was over $20,000 for a roof. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's crazy. But I'm glad. I mean, it is saving us a ton of money on insurance, so it kind of averages out. Uh, But again, that roof isn't going to be sufficient in the insurance company's eyes for 25 years. Like my last No longer 25 years. Architectural shingles, like the ones that are more three-dimensional and overlap, those have a life expectancy of 15 to 20 years. Okay. Where it that's, used to be like 20, 25. Yes, that's what they told us, 20 to 25. On these apparently 30-year shingles. Yes. So, you know, but I mean, I know that's not really 30 years in Florida. That's 30 years in, you know, Ohio or something, even though snow sits on it all year. But you know what I'm saying. Right, right. But what we see a lot is the composition shingles. So like the flat shingles. And of course, a lot of builders use those because they're less expensive. And my whole neighborhood is the composite shingle. So it's the basically a flat shingle. They call it a three-tab shingle roof. Right, right, right. Those are where we're seeing insurance companies only wanting to insure them to 10 to 11 years old. Oh, get out. Well, no. you might as well pay for the three-dimensional shingle because you'd save way more money because... It would insure for longer, but also probably the insurance would probably be cheaper just because it's a better shingle. I don't know. But, I mean, that's crazy. Ten years? Ten years, yes. So it's it's a terrible thing that I have to tell people, and I feel like it really hurts when I say it. And I'll ask, oh, how old is your roof? They're like, oh, it's 10 to 12 years old. And then I look at it, and I see that it's the three-tab shingle. Um, That's just some carriers. Some insurance companies, depending on the quality and condition of the roof, from that important wind mitigation inspection or four-point inspection, it goes into further detail, letting you know how many years' life expectancy it has. That's another factor um, in rating. But due to all the roof claims and all the fraud and litigation in Florida, insurance companies are now re- uh, referring to a roof surface payment schedule. And it's basically going to be like a third deductible on your homeowner's insurance. What? But when does that start? 
I mean, this is it's like this is started. really so. This is all news to me. Like I said, we do keep up with general insurance stuff because that's our job. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty details, I do feel like this is like another world. Um, I mean, I think that to have a third deductible would be pretty crazy. So, so if people don't know, um, thank goodness we haven't had a major hurricane here in a while. But um, if people don't know, there's usually a regular deductible and a hurricane deductible on your insurance. So if we had a storm, you have a different deductible for two different things. Kind of like medical insurance has different deductibles for different things. So this would be a third deductible for a roof issue. Yeah. So basically what you're kind of doing is you're paying a third deductible to cover the extra cost of what it's going to be to repair or replace your roof. Wow. So I had printed out a copy of a roof surface payment schedule to kind of give you an idea of what they're actually doing. So well, if it looks you... like an amortization schedule with a mortgage. <laughs> That's how detailed this is, by the way. I know you can't see it, but it's it's a it looks like, as you can imagine, an amortization schedule. Wow. So it goes basically by the roof age. So if your roof is less than a year old, of course, it's going to be covered at 100% replacement cost. But as your roof ages, they're only going to pay 60% of your roof's replacement once it reaches 10 years old. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. In all honesty, as a, I don't know how I feel about that. I do kind of see the point. But it's hard because you have been paying into insurance for so long and you haven't used it. Uh, Most likely, some people use it more than they should, which is one of the reasons why we have this issue. But um, so you've paid into it this whole time. I'm going to tell you they've made a lot of money, more, way more money than it would cost to replace your roof. But I could see where the probability of fraud it's could be higher mm-hmm. at that point because somebody's like, well, I'm going to have to pay 10000 or 12000 for a roof. Um, but I hate to say that, but and it's not everybody, but a few bad apples spoils it for everybody. So. Right. There, there is some light at the end of the tunnel with this. Um, one particular insurance company, with this endorsement, you have to select it on your homeowner's insurance and... It can save the insured up to 12% on their total policy premium. So it kind of is outweighing right. the bad of the payment schedule. If you don't use the payment schedule and you don't put a claim on your roof, you got a 12% off the premium. Right. But, um, but basically, essentially, the endorsement changes your roof coverage to actual cash value, which offers the insured savings on the policy's premium. But every year as the roof gets older, it depreciates the value of the replacement cost. Okay. I heard a little bit of the um, the, the teacher from Charlie Brown talking there for a second. <laughs> but it, so, okay, let's use this as an example. Um, th- if you're 10 years in and you go with that and you need to replace your roof like a tree, who knows? Something happened to it, okay? Do you get like just go out and get roof quotes at that point or is the insurance company determining how much it costs to replace or the claims process is always a case-by-case scenario okay Okay. but basically what i have seen in the past is you have your roof adjuster from your insurance company come out and assess but i always tell my clients get a second opinion first before you file a claim 
That way you have an idea, how much is it going to cost me? Is it worth filing a claim? Do I want to just pay for it myself? Or now I'm going to pick up the phone, put in a claim, have an adjuster come out. They'll assess the damage, give me a value, and at least I have something to compare that price to. Right. Okay. I Again, I think that with insurance stuff, it's all on a case-by-case basis. I mean, everything, you definitely need to be informed about you know your policy. I do find it um, shocking how many people don't know much about their policy because I think insurance policies, especially in Florida when we could have a storm every year, you know, you always need to know um, about your policy, what's covered. Uh, truthfully, you could actually have too much coverage on your policy, especially for like contents insurance, like a whole bunch of stuff. You could have way too much coverage, especially if maybe when you were getting your mortgage originally, maybe you were a new homeowner, you didn't know much about insurance. You just kind of went with what the insurance person told you and called it a day. I think that you definitely need to be familiar with all of your insurance um, details. So I think even if you currently have insurance, you're happy with what you're paying, I still think it would pay to call your insurance person or Caitlin or whoever and go through your policy and make sure that it's stuff that you actually need because you don't want to be paying for all this stuff that truthfully you don't really need. You know, you shouldn't have, you know, $500,000 of contents insurance when really you have- For a 1,300 square foot house. Right. No, I mean, and you'd be shocked with the people stuff that people have because their insurance person just was like, oh, put it on there or whatever. But call Caitlin. She'll walk you through it. Um, I guarantee, I can't guarantee anything, but I, there's a high probability you could save money um, just by going through um, and talking to somebody about your details. So, you know, the call takes a very short amount of time, but it could save you a lot of money in the end, um, a lot of money in your escrow account that you're paying every month, and then a lot of money um, at the end of the year. Speaking of escrow accounts, um, the most common thing I see when it comes to your mortgage is you need to update your homeowner's policy when your loan ever gets sold to a different company. You would receive something in the mail stating that your lender has changed from one loan company to another because they sell quite frequently after you own a home. Yes. And... The insurance agent rarely gets notified because on the letter that they mail out to you letting you know that your loan has been sold, it says, please contact your agent and let them know. And a lot of times clients think we know and it can affect your renewal payment getting paid. Okay. During this break, I need to call my insurance agent. I I bet you know who this person is. (laughs) All right, we'll be back right after this quick break on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And welcome back to our last segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Caitlin Arrington from We Insure, who's given us so much great insurance uh, tips this week. Um, definitely, uh, I know my mortgage was sold, so now I need to, to let everybody know that my mortgage was sold to some other company. I think I feel like it's the third time it's been sold um, to make sure that you know they know that I have insurance. Um, but a couple other real estate tidbits that, uh, that happened this week, saw an interesting article in Forbes that ranked Tampa, the top emerging tech city in the country. Um, I know that, uh, for new tech cities, that's an awesome thing. It talked about how much our tech, uh, 
you know, profile has grown over the years, how we're attracting all these tech companies. Although the title of the article was a little confusing to me because it said emerging tech cities. So to me, that would be a city like Charlotte or Tampa or maybe even Austin. Um, but we were ranked ahead of cities like New York and San Francisco. And I would call those very established tech cities. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like emerging tech cities. But either way, they ranked us ahead of all of those cities, um, probably for the amount of new jobs that are in tech as opposed to just, you know, jobs that were already there. So definitely great thing to be mentioned among those cities and actually beating those cities. The other city in Miami or in Florida that was mentioned was Miami and we came out at number one. So I think that's an awesome, uh, an awesome cachet, um, an awesome thing to uh, be ranked so highly on because, you know, it's not service jobs, it's actual tech jobs, which are great. It helps the service jobs. It helps everybody when, you know, you attack, uh, you attract high paying different type of jobs for Florida. So that's a great thing. Another thing that happened this week, we also talked about this briefly, was that inventory actually has increased a little bit um, nationally. We have noticed that locally in the market. We talked about that. Um, But I would say that inventory is on a very neighborhood by neighborhood scale as the real estate market is very neighborhood specific. So you can look at trends nationally, and um, I think it helps reflect what's happening. Um, It definitely, you know, changes the... uh, the overall culture of what's happening in real estate. Cause if they're reporting uh, national numbers, it changes everybody's mindset. But when you look at neighborhood by neighborhood in our market, there's still a severe lack of inventory. Um, you know, take Lutz, for example, we were, I was talking to one of the agents on our team and they were talking about Lutz in particular. And there was like, if you're looking at lakefront property in Lutz, there's like nothing under like, 900,000. So there's a gorgeous listing. There's a gorgeous with the Duncan deal. Yes, one of our listings at 1.2 million and it's on Ballinger. I don't remember the exact street address, but it's a beautiful property. But I would say on the flip side when you get that high in a price and you know, it's it's definitely a beautiful property, but when you get that high in price, the inventory is much higher. So you do look at okay, well, you know, what's going on as far as inventory here? and you see nothing but what's going on with inventory if we bump the price up, say similar thing, and you see much more saturation. So it's very neighborhood specific, um, you know, and we are seeing a very, very low amount of what I would consider starter homes. Um, anything that's under, oh, it sounds so ridiculous to say a starter home, but I would say like anything under like 400 in our market, um, 350 and under, my gosh, it's, it's like, non-existent um, because at that point you're competing with cash, you're competing with other homeowners, you're competing with people that want to rent the property out and their investors. And there's just so many people in that price range um, that people are competing against. So you have all these buyers and it creates supply and demand. So what we're seeing is a very low inventory in that um, in that range. But I think nationally overall, it said inventory was up by about 5% which was outpacing the uh, sales growth of 2%. So we are still seeing sales growth, um, but inventory is also up. And there was an article that said we need like, you know, 1.2 all the way up to 5 million homes on the market to fix our inventory problem. Now, to me, that's a very large range because, you know, 1.2 million and 5 million is totally 
different. Okay. Um, I would tell you it's probably somewhere in between. Um, I think they were saying 5 million mark is that's like everybody's still investing in real estate market's still going crazy. So if it's similar to what it has been the past year, we need 5 million. If it's more like what it was before that, we need about 1.2 million, but either way, we need a lot of homes on the market to fix our inventory problem. So we would love to help the market. If you call us, we would love to help you put your home on the market, <laughs> help solve that for a lot of people. Give us a call at our office, already given out, but it's 813-359-8990. Or, you know, reach out to us um, on our website, email us. We can chat with you from our website. We can do everything from there or go to any of our socials. And then Caitlin, one more time, how do they get in touch with you? We ensure. 813-579-1605. And she'll be able to help you out with any of your insurance needs. Um, and then Mike's not here, but you can always get in touch with Mike Corrigan at Cross Country Mortgage. We'd love to get you over to him, get you pre-approved for the home. Because remember, that's the first step in finding a home is getting pre-approved, finding out how much you know you can qualify for, especially if this competitive market, you know, you want to know what you're approved for. And then, you know, we can go out there and find you the best home, or maybe we already have it in inventory. So give us a call. We'd love to help. Thanks for joining us this Sunday on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show and have a great rest of your day.